0: Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the sage, Matt Mears. Yes,
1: hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to another edition of the Splinters Podcast. I am the wise man, Matt Mears, and we're going to be talking all things Shoot Shield with the Shoot Shield competition starting this Saturday. Uh, there's a lot to speak about. There's a new sponsor as well. We'll get that to that in a moment, but first, my partner in crime, he's got the, the, the most hats of everybody. He's even had to get a second hat rack. He is the hat rack Shane Evans. Hopefully he doesn't have that green one on today and he'll be impartial, but... It's great to have him here for this special edition. Hello Shane, welcome to Splinters.
0: Hello Meezy, hello listeners. Unfortunately, yeah, I do have the, <laughs> I do have my Raringa Green training shirt on after going for a bit of a jog and catch up with a couple of the players. But yeah, looking forward to sitting down and talking about the, the Shoot Shield competition as we can now call it officially after the launch during the week. It's the Charter Hall Shoot Shield for season 2021, which is a which good which is a good thing because obviously the, it was the interest, sh- interest shoot shield last year, but they decided to move on, which is fair enough. Charter Hall has been a sponsor of or one of the sponsors of shoot shield in a lower level a sponsorship for about 15 years now. Normally, if you watch it on TV, you'll see them, and it was used to be the, the Charter Hall scoreboard. Where now they've got the name rights for the whole competition, and looking forward to seeing it on Steam. All six games, five of them obviously being live streamed through the Stan Sports set up and one each weekend will be shown live, whether it's on Channel 9 or 9GEM. 9 that is yet to be decided, but it, one game will be shown live free to air every weekend and every other game you can just pop on the Stan Sport and watch it via the live stream with some, I would believe, decent commentary.
1: Well, we hope so, because as I said, like, if, for those who've listened to the bench over the last few weeks, I've had my comments to say about the Stan Sport commentary and how we're not there, I don't know, after our commentary last year, but that's the way the world works. So if there are anybody that is hoping that we'll be covering the shoot shield this, this year, unfortunately, we won't be. We will still be calling, uh, plenty of rugby union action. We will have the Hornsby Lions live and exclusive here. On that Triple H Sport, that um they'll be playing in the, the much, uh, harder pronounced Swatelsky Premier One competition in the Central Coast. So Charter Hall is much better, uh, for my pronunciation than the Central Coast, uh, Rugby Union competition, but we can't be knocking anybody that wants to, uh, give the dollars into, into the great game that is Rugby Union.
0: No, definitely can't. It's good to see Charter Hall and also the Central Coast Rugby Union Actually, having an naming rights sponsor because it also gives their product a bit more a bit more atmosphere and spanning across all social media's and all of that. Where if you just call the Central Case Rugby Union just the Premier League or whatever it is, then it gets lost. Where if you put this, you put a name to it. Everyone's going to remember the name. The-
1: I'm glad you're cool. not having to try and pronouncing it and just leaving it to my bad, bad uh, attempts at it. But as I said, we've got about 10 home games throughout the year that we're going to call, plus mentioning it on the bench every Friday, I'm sure I'll get to pronounce it, maybe by August.
0: Yeah, easy way, but just, if need be, we speak to, me if I'm wrong, is it Larry, the, Larry the CEO? Larry president. Yeah, the of, president of the, of the Central of, Coast yeah. Robin's Ask him just to get it phonetically broken down so you can pronounce it in the syllables. Like, when you... Like, feel obviously, like when I'm we in do, kindergarten. No. <laughs> like when we do our rugby league, some of the media guides is the same thing. They'll break down surnames that are hard to pick up into the net, into their, into their syllables and phonetics so you can practice saying it. Like I know some of the times we have issues with Tino Fasul Fassel Ma, like the Gold Coast Titans player.
1: That's why yeah. I just call him Tino.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exact <laughs> same type of thing, but that's something we can work on. As I think we better work, team. I think we
1: better work that on. Off air, because as I said, we have a huge, uh, preview for the, the, the Charter Hall Shoot Shield here, um, this afternoon, well, this evening for you if you're listening on, uh, Triple H 100.1 FM or at any time if you listen on all the good or bad podcasts like that carry splinters as well. But, uh, I said it was a big, a short but a big year for the Shoot Shield chain in, um, 2020 with, uh, Gordon being very, very dominant. They took out the, the biscuits. They took home the chocolates, um, in that last week of October at Leichhardt Oval to take home the Premiership. They have a lot of outs and a lot of big outs that are going um, a lot of places, as well as a new coach in Brian Melrose. Why don't you firstly take us through those big outs, Shane, and then we'll talk about their prospects for this season.
0: Yeah, well, firstly, as you said, Brian Melrose is the new coach. He was the assistant coach under Darren Coleman, who has gone across to Major League Rugby in the US, where they've... Had a couple of rounds already this season, so it'd be good to see how Brian can bring his own coaching style to the Gordon Highlanders, because we know that he's had lots of time with the Manly Marlins previously before moving across there under Darren Coleman. Now he gets to run that gets to run that club and put his stamp on it. But some of the players going across from the club, Rodney Ioana, the Fly half has gone across into the Brumbies set-up. They've lost a few over to the Major League Rugby. Surprise, surprise. Darren Coleman's taken a few guys over with him. Charlie Abel, Mahe Vailanu and Harrison Gunner, they've all gone across with Darren to join Major League Rugby. Dominic Hardman and Jack Dempsey have gone across into Europe. They've joined up with Glasgow in the European competition over there. Tua Talasi-Tarsi-Tarsi? I know, it's a weird way to pronounce it. And... That's that, that's one that I would not ask you to try and do, but please. a short you. Tarsi Tarsi has gone up to the hospital cup in Queensland, also for work. So he's going to be doing it more as a part-time player. And Jalen Graham is the last one from Gorn. He's just been released. He was surplus to the club's reti- uh, requirements for this year, but I'm sure we'll find Jalen pop up somewhere in the in the setup. If not, he'll be somewhere in one of the first division subbies teams that. Dot all across this great state of New South Wales.
1: Yeah, well, it would be interesting to see uh, with a, a player like that coming from the Premiers, I'm sure there'll be a, a few people um, outside of uh, Chassard Oval trying to sign him up. But uh, as I said, defending Premiers, it's hard for anybody um, to be in that position. New coach, a lot of big outs. No really no real big ins of any note as well. That that is something to, to make mention of as well. No no big ins. Uh so it it's gonna be an interesting year for Gordon. New coach, lot of outs, no fresh players coming in. How do you think they'll go, Shane?
0: Well I think more the fact that they know that they've got a decent setup in the lower grades and their Colts set up last year was fairly strong. So obviously the Colts players that aged out and turned twenty one They'll feed up into the seniors and they'll be able to just promote from within, which is understandable. You want to try and give your best opportunities for the players inside the club before you have to go and actively recruit outside of it. I think losing Rodney Owen is going to be their big issue because he was their main number ten in the club. A couple of the lower grader players have moved on to other clubs which you which we'll talk about later in this in this programme, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they choose to start at fly-off. They've already had one game this year, which is the National Club Championship, which was held up in Queensland a couple of weekends ago. And unfortunately, we beaten by East in the National Club final up there, 15-9. So not a good start under Brian Melrose. But that was that weekend when it was pouring down rain all over the East Coast of Australia. So you can kind of forgive him for it, but... I still think Gordon will finish top four, but it will depend on how these players that are coming up from your second and third grade and your first grade Colts into the Shoot Shield squad to see how they perform. If they do well, they'll be a top four. Sorry, correction, top six as the finals are with with the Shoot Shield. Whether they finish at the top of the tree, I don't think so. I think you're looking somewhere between that, that three to four, but I know we've got another 12 other teams to talk about so i'll hold judgment for the others and we'll go from there
1: yeah let's move on to the next team a a team that was um probably say rushed into this competition last year the hunter Wildfires. it's great to see them um remain here in 2021 they finished 11th in 2020 including a great win that we called uh, myself kewi mick in Georgia on Triple H at um, at, at uh, Lidcombe Oval, where they beat the uh, Western Sydney Two Blues. It showed that they do have a bit of fire, and uh, they are um wanting to uh, make a mark on this competition. It'll be interesting to see what they can do this year, but uh, Coach Scott Coleman, he's got a lot of ins and a lot of outs, so I'll let you get started on that one, Shane.
0: Yeah, well, obviously last year they were only given, I believe it was about an eight-week preparation to... Just try and get the best that they could out of the Hunter and Central Coast rugby union competitions to put together for the Wildfires where Scott Coleman's now got Carp Lunch and he can just basically run the run the roster his way. And when you see some of the names that we're going to talk about, you'll understand why. First of all, it breaks my heart to mention this guy. He's been one of the one of the best tight air props that I've seen at my time of Warringah, but Fave Sealer, after having a, a year off from rugby unions, left the Rats and gone up there to, to the wildfire. We've got a whole stack of players coming across from the New, New Zealand provincial sides, or as we call them, the Mitre Ten Cup. Obviously, we're going to start off with the brothers of Sam Tuafuga. You've also got Kirk Tuafuga, they're coming across. The Katawa brothers in Kafongo and Tui. You've got Sam Lieberzee. You've also got Leon Fuku, Fuku Fuka. Try and say that and not get myself in <laughs> <all> is <this. laughs> That's it's why you're doing this and not me. <laughs> uh, Nate Deterry and also Nagaro Jones said they're all from modern 10 clubs. From the Western Force, coming in is Henry Stowers after being in their setup up last year. Also coming in from the Melbourne Rebels set-up, Olajuwon Noah, Joe Tamani, Kemu Valatini and William Luessi. Another gentleman that's also returning from a season off but coming up from the Eastern Suburbs Club You've got Jaden Wright, and the last two, they're coming from the Queensland, as as they call it, the Hospital Cup up there. You've got Abel Churniasa, and you've also got William Feeney. So that's all the ones going in, and now this is all the ones that are going out. So just bear with me for a minute, listeners, and you'll understand why. Going to Northern Suburbs is Jeremy Burrell. Down to the Marlins is George Noah. Heading out to Western Sydney is Waka. Across to West Harbour, you've got Taylor Atchison. One going to West Australia is Tologo Lalaga. Three have gone down to join the Melbourne Rebels setup. You've got Sean Ingle, Declan Cox and Matthew Diwa. Mahe Thangupu has gone across to Forbes to play in the country competition. Namiti Klo, Hayden Cole and Rob Becerra. They've all gone to Rugby League. Up in the Hunter competition, which is a fairly strong rugby league competition, the Chewy's Newcastle Premiership. So they've all gone up there to join that, obviously seeking a lot more playing time, which is understandable because when you Newcastle last year were able to carry a squad of 55 players and you're only taking 23 to a game day. It's a bit hard to everyone to get a game and some of them just wanted to have an opportunity. So good luck to them. Where will Hunter finish this year? I think how they gel in the first couple of rounds will be the key. If they come up and they get belted in the first couple of rounds, that could be an issue, but I don't think they will. I think this Hunter side, obviously some of them are playing together and Scott Coleman's no bum when it comes to to coaching, especially when his brother Darren was there most of the time to be able to give him some advice. they will see them; they won't make finals, but I can see them probably getting up into eighth or ninth, which obviously means they're not last in the thirteen team competition, which is good for Newcastle Rugby, which means it's a stronger competition up there. Well,
1: said so they've, they've drawn Sydney Uni round one, so it's going to be an interesting start for the Wildfires. I mm. said perhaps every second week having that two hour bus trip down. Um, from the Hunter to Sydney to play, hopefully would uh, give some of the time to bond. And I'm sure that uh, Coach Scott Coleman... We're doing all we can to gel those players together. It'll be interesting to see. I think they, they will get a few more wins than we saw last year, but um they'll be definitely a team to watch for, so make sure you check them out if you get the chance. Next off, we'll move along to the Eastern Suburbs side. They were semi-finalists in 2020. They lost to the eventual uh, premiers in Gordon um, in the semi-finals. But, Shane, not as many ins and outs here, but some important ones um for Eastern Suburbs in 2021.
0: Yeah, it's good to see Paulie Tomopio is still... Catching the side there was rumours that he was going to walk away from, from the eastern suburb side but good to see that he didn't and he stayed on I able to pick up some really good players also coming across from the brothers organisation you've got Rohan Safoli. you've also got a whole stack of players coming across from Western Sydney in Tuitaku Kao You've got Sione Fafida, Khalifi Pongi, and Iri Pupuni. But yeah, it's just good to see those players are coming across. And last but not least, this is one that hurts me a lot. Obviously, being <laughs> a Brumbies fan, but obviously have also seeing him previously in the Western Force setup is Nick Eust. Young player coming through, he's a real good player. Obviously. Not getting the opportunity down at the, in the Brumbies organisation with the way that they're going at the moment. But it's, it's good to see that they've done the right thing by Nick and released him to be able to come back up to compete in the shoot shield set up. But in the, in the outs for Eastern suburbs, these are the ones that I think will hurt the club more. Lindsay Stevens has gone across to Major League Rugby. Archer Holtz, who's been coming off the bench for the Brumbies in the last four or five rounds. Tom Staniforth, former Waratah, has gone across to France into the Pro fourteen comp. Jack Jack Grant's gone across to the Waratahs this year, playing not too bad from what I've seen in the in the first seven rounds. And Sam Shires has actually decided to retire from playing rugby union, but he's apparently from speaking to the club, he's staying on board in a mentoring role for some of the younger forwards that are joining up in the Colts setup. So I can see East probably struggling for the first couple of weeks until they get their super rugby players back. But once they get those players back, they should go well. I can see them finishing top six, probably in six spot. Well,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they can um, improve from last year with those big in and outs be called just scraping into the finals there Shane um you would though think that uh, they would still be featuring as they do most years next on we'll move down south to southern districts they just missed that top six finishing in seventh in 2020 um coached by Todd Loudon, they have some interesting ins and outs as well
0: they definitely do southern districts were really disappointed in that at the end of last season because they had they had Boringa in the last game of last season and they missed out on the finals By one bonus point, they were denied a try on the siren by the refereeing officials against Warringah. If they got that bonus point, they would have finished in sixth spot, but they'll obviously want to make up for it. Todd Loudon's in there for his fourth year as coach, so that's good to see. Got some good young players coming in from New Zealand Provincial in Josh Bosca, Brad Armstrong and Carlos Price. Angus Allen has come up from the Brumbies organisation, currently in their, the Brumbie runners, which is the second tier or the reserve grade, set up down there. Cody Roman and Connor Young are coming back from having time away from rugby union. Only a couple of outs for them. Marcus Carboni, Sam Harris and Harry McLennan have all retired. And the one player that's actually switching clubs is Ryan Connolly. He's heading over to Beasties at Eastwood. Where Will they finish outside the the six again? I think they will, unfortunately. I think they'll end up finishing in that seventh spot. But, yeah, I can see some of these younger players, especially Josh Bosker, a, a very good fullback winger center that can play across the whole back line there. I think he'll do well. He'll probably end up starting the season in the 15 jersey for them, but they need to get the wins and get the wins early because if they lose players to injury, like all clubs do, they're only carrying about 35 players in their, in their first, first squad roster and you can't afford to lose too many players. Otherwise you're up the inexperienced younger kids and lower graders to make up places. So seventh, eighth at worst for this season for, for the Rebels.
1: Well, listen, uh, it'd be interesting. Interesting, um, for a team like Southern Districts, obviously um that's seventh. There's a few teams that 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 we we really do see most years in finals that finished under them in twenty twenty. And this is one of the teams that was, and it is your beloved Ringer rat, Shane. They finished eighth in twenty twenty and I know that um for Ringer standards that um that's not acceptable to uh be missing out on finals. Obviously one of the powerhouse clubs of uh the uh the Charter Hall Shield, Shield Shoot Shield competition. So, as I said, from your ins- inside of you, Shane, let us know the ins and outs there Um and and the goals that uh, Warringah have set themselves for 2021.
0: Well, first of all, we know that they finished eighth, obviously, with mm. up, finishing behind some districts last year. Mike Rudson or Rivo as we call him, is in his second year as head coach of the club. I know from, as you said, being inside the club, Finishing eighth is nowhere near what the club will suffice to say is a good season. Even allowing for injuries and all that, anything worse than a top six for Warringah would, was always seen to be a bad thing for the club. But as you can see with some of the players coming in, there's, you've got some good players coming back from rep teams, and it also picked up a couple of players coming across from Rugby League who have been playing in other sides in the shoot shield last year. Obviously, the main one coming back for us is a tight tight prop in Rory O'Connor. He's coming back from the Waratah setup. He was released a couple of weeks after the Super Rugby season started, and was seen to be surplus to requirements. These are a couple of good ones that I know through their time at the Penrith Panthers, but obviously went across to the Penrith Emus to just to have a run because obviously with the lower grades and New South Wales Rugby League, there was no competition last year due to COVID. But to be able to pick up the talent of Dean Blore, who was the captain for the Penrith Panthers New South Wales Cup side last year before they shut down, but also to pick up John Tuovati, a very strong winger centre, also through the Penrith setup. Obviously, the two John and Dean have seen something that they've liked, and they've wanted to come across, and we've opened up, opened up with huge arms, just like saying, "Come here, you guys." <laughs> Enjoy your time. Enjoy the time here with us. But like, obviously, having the time with New South Wales Rugby League, having the chat to the two of them. They've only been with the club for about six weeks, and they're thoroughly enjoying it. I think the fact that having Jeff Tubby on board also as a assistant coach and a and a forward skills coach for the first grade side is going to help them a lot more as well. Obviously. Having all his NRL coaching experience, he can impart that now onto.
1: Tell, tell, two as I said hello. Um, I did work with him back in the yeah. day, at Manly.
0: Right. No problem. I'm sure we can <laughs> do that. And the other players that are coming across, this is a this is a huge one that I didn't think would happen. We were talking about it in house for pre Christmas, but we didn't think we'd to get across the line, but we have huge margin, and yes, I know it's a running, it's a, it's better running surely
1: he's in the 12th man like, with a name like that, surely he's, surely he's like, um, the commentator for something in, uh, in the tennis or something in the 12th man
0: no, well we the way he, he gets a lot of stick for it at the, at training and all that, but yeah it is huge margin, but we nicknamed him huge obviously, he's oh. coming across from Gordon, but yeah, I know it's cheesy. I would call Joss,
1: but uh, okay.
0: Yeah, I can think of other things, but yeah.
1: Joss, yeah.
0: Okay. I, the other, but the other couple of players we picked up coming in from the Melbourne Rebel setup Giovanni Mounty Silbury, or John for short. Giovanni is just the proper Italian name for, mm. for John. Last but not least, Harrison Courtney has come across from New Zealand Provincial. So it will. With the outs, we spoke about this on the bench last year after the season finished in the shoot shield, but Mungo Mason and McLean Jones, they've gone across to Major League Rugby to join Sam Harris over at the LA Giltinis over there. But the next three, they break my heart having to mention this, but I can understand after having almost 500 shoot shield caps between these three, we are talking about the ever ever-present Josh Holmes, former Australian player, former New South Wales player, former club captain in Sam Ward, over 300 shoot shield caps for Warringah, and also Robert Kelly, former New South Wales Waratah, all have decided to retire. Well, we know Sam Ward's still tied into the club because it's his physio business that the club uses on a week-in, week-out basis. So I'm getting Sam. I know you're listening, so I'm going to give you a shout out for anyone that's in the Northern Beaches area. If you want to get a decent physio, Physio Ward up at Narrobie—that's Sam's business. So I'm more than happy does, to. Does that
1: get me a free physio visit? Because I really need one.
0: Yeah, I know you do, <laughs> but we can talk more about that one later. We'll talk that so after. We'll
1: talk about that in the break. But uh,
0: yeah, so that's pretty much the ins and outs. There, lots of progression, obviously up from the from the second grade. Into the first grade setup and a few of the younger players coming in from the first grade colts had aged out. Will Warringah make finals? Yes, they will. I know I've got lots of Warringah fans standing behind me and jumping for you, hearing hearing that. And
1: the and
0: the and the playing stuff because if I don't, then yeah, I will have my backside handed to me on a platter by all the coaching staff. I reckon they will finish fifth, but. Obviously, we'll progress further there, but I know the club's working on the same thesis that top six is an absolute minimum. Top four would be better. Top two is is seeable, but as long but they want that top six. But, yeah, me being biased, no. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, but but
1: the hat being biased, never, never, no, never. never but, but as I said, Raringa is one of those clubs that we know that... that, that, that That is their, in their DNA to make finals and that's how they set themselves up. But with that, we must take a pause for the cause here on Splinters the Bench podcast. It is our Chartered Hall Shoot Shield preview. We'll be back right in a moment to talk all the rest of the teams. There's plenty more to come here on Splinters the Bench podcast. You can listen us here, Triple H 100.1 FM and all you good and bad podcast sites. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back here to Splinters the Bench podcast. It is the Chartered Hall Shoot Shield preview here on Triple H 100.1 FM and all your good and bad podcast sites. I am the wise man, Matt Meese. I'm joined by the hat rack, Shane Evans. We've got plenty of teams to keep previewing for this 2021 season, Shane. We'll keep it going. We'll get them. We'll make sure we get them all in, in our hour. The next one up, Northern Suburbs. They were... Semifinalists in 2020 before eventually going down to the Eastwood Woodies uh, in that semi-final um, series last year. They've got a new coach in Zach Beer. They've got a lot of ins and not many outs, so it's going to be an interesting 2021 for them.
0: It definitely is. Zach Beer was the assistant coach for the season, just finished, and yeah, the clubs just decided to have a bit of a clean out in regards to the coaching staff some of the guys have been promoted further up the rugby union chain into the Waratahs set up and various other organizations including the the Australian 7s program which is obviously getting ready for the Tokyo Olympics coming up in a few months so but Zach yeah, he gets his opportunity to be the big man when it comes to coaching this Northern Suburb side which will were disappointing last year losing in that losing in the final series to Eastwood out at a very rain sodden rat park in that extraordinary game of that went for if I remember correctly about a hundred and seven, hundred and eight minutes of golden point until until Eastwood were lucky enough to be able to get the the penalty goal that they needed to get through. But yeah, some good some good players coming in, but a couple of younger players as well, obviously. Starting off with, from New Zealand, you've got Tyler Kearns. Coming up from, up from Canberra, which is the John Denk Cup, you've got Brady Lieber, Jeremy Burrell, one of the departures from the wildfire that we spoke about earlier. This is his new home on the, on the North Shore. You'll probably enjoy it a little bit easier better chance of getting some lattes up there and oh, being, here we and, go. Being, and being able to go across to Percy's after training or game day to be able to have a have a snitty or something but I do digress coming across from the Walsh Seven setup you've got Jacob Flynn and the rest of the players of note coming into the club they're all coming across from the West Harbor Pirates you got James Turner DP Deling and Josh Pedro but in the players going out there's only two of them one's a retirement and that's Nick Palmer hes Openly admitted before the start of last season, this was going to be his last year. And Jaden Lynch has gone across to Perth just to play in the local competition over there whilst doing the fly-in, fly-out work in the mine, which is understandable when you've got a young family that you want to support. So where do I see Norths? I'm thinking probably top two, maybe three this year, because they've got the same thesis as what Moringa does. Anything less than finals is not good enough for them. And obviously, speaking from experience with the Northern Southern side, they will do whatever they can to compete every week. If you've got to bring someone up from fifth grade or fourth grade or from the Colts to make a debut, they'll do it, as long as that player is the best person in the club that week for that spot. So, yeah, I'm thinking probably... Second or third for northern suburbs in the regular season.
1: Well, I said. They're lucky as well. They said last year, they had to play their home games either out of Bon Andrews um, North Sydney Number Two or Rat Park um, due to the the uh, COVID uh, restrictions around North Sydney Oval. They'll be back there full time mm-hmm. this year. I said one of my favourite grounds in the Sydney area, and I will we'll be there for some other other reasons for Triple H um, throughout the season, but. Uh, as I said just to be able to play in that famous ground with the grandstands, and they get a, a decent crowd in there on a Saturday afternoon. Um, there'll be a few of those northern suburbs um, side that will just be reveling in, in having that atmosphere back because sometimes you, you, that that extra that extra oomph, that extra home crowd behind you can be worth an extra try come game day. It
0: definitely is the Shaun shore, the as they uh, affectionately monikered, Yeah, they. They love having their crowd there on a Saturday afternoon where obviously you're starting early in the morning with the lower grades at like 9, 9.30 in the morning and they all hang around to support the senior grades going through. By the time you hit 3 o'clock on a nice sunny afternoon up at North Sydney, you can have a crowd anywhere between ten to 15,000 and being one of the only countries where you can have Crowds that don't have COVID restrictions like ourselves and obviously our friends across the ditch in New Zealand. Lots of other countries are very envious of it and the supporters of all the clubs will take the opportunity while they can to be able to go out there and support their clubs. I know I found it last year working with the Colts set up at Warringah. It was very daunting when you don't have that, a strong crowd, when you're only allowed to have five, six hundred people in there. It feels uncomfortable. That you're not playing in front of fans and having that adrenaline surging through you from the fans cheering you if you're the home side or booing you if you're the away side. But speaking of teams that struggled last year with crowds because of COVID, are our um, are our main rivals from slightly down the down the coast here in D. Y. and
1: Well, yeah, your your main rivals there at, at Maringa mm. and that's the Manly Marlins. We talked about Maringa underperforming last year, finishing eighth. The Manly Marlins, they finished ninth in 2020, and that would certainly be underperforming to the, the roster that they set up there. And uh, anyone who's been to Manly Oval on a Saturday afternoon, particularly for a Bayfield Cup match between Manly Ring, you what the crowd atmosphere can be like, and it is uh, hard to rival. I think the Waratahs would love to have some of that um, for some of their g- games, um, considering how they're going at the moment. But uh, as I said, the Manly Marlins, they didn't finish ninth, Matt McColdrick uh, is their coach. He did quite a bit of changes um throughout uh, throughout the off-season. Shane, why don't you run us through those?
0: He definitely did. He's picked up some good players. He's also picked up some young players from from various places. But obviously, Kevin Ferris, who was in the Western Force set-up in their reserve side, he's come across for a bit more of opportunity. Another one of the guys that left the Newcastle Wildfire, in George Noah, he's made his... He's made his bed to sleep in the blue and the red, even though the green... You and
1: almost said that with the stain, chain. It's like, even, well, how could he do that?
0: Even the, even though the green and white of Rat Park would be
1: a bit uh, better. here we go.
0: But coming across from West Harbour, you've got Dion Spice and George Justin Tave. You've also got, coming up from the Melbourne Rebels, you've got Manaya Coco. Coming up from West Harbour in the John Dent Cup competition down there, you've got Kamiti Tuolagi. And for the outs, a couple of guys that are just taking some time off for work reasons. Call it sabbatical, call it what you want. Alex Dalziel and Tim Donlin are having a season off. Going across to the Major League Rugby in the States is Van Stewart. A couple of retirements in Mick Adams, one of their ever presence in their first-grade setup. And one of the guys that I would despise on a game day because I know how mm-hmm. talented he is in that number 10 jersey, but then also give him the utmost utmost respect as a player and as a person in Catani Ali he's also decided to hang up the boots as well but this is this is one that I find a little bit weird you've got Guns Fava going across from Manly going across to Gordon who was in their second the second grade setup last season obviously there with Brian Melrose Being formerly of Manly, has offered him some, offered him a a deal to be in the shoot shield squad over there. And that's that's not a bad thing, really, if you've got that inter club connection with a coach and he's willing to see what talent you had and offer you a spot in a higher team, especially being the defending premiers. Will the Marlins finish in the top six? Uh, Probably not. A lot will, a lot's going to depend on Harley Atwater. On how he goes in that 10 jersey, making that mid-season swap from Moringa last year. I got to see up close, I got to see up real close how well he was enjoying that jersey for the Battle of the Beaches game over at Manly where he literally tore Moringa to shreds and posted 29 of the Marlins 43 points himself only two weeks after making that switch. If you keep him fit, mainly may push for that sixth spot, but I'm thinking they're going to probably end up being in that eighth or ninth spot. As much as we have a love-hate relationship between the Rats and the Marlins, we also give respect where it's needed, but I still think that I'll finish behind behind the Rats in probably eighth or ninth, but get a couple of good results and roll-on. They could probably finish a little bit higher, maybe sixth, but I'm going to stick with my eighth.
1: Well, I'll- Marlins fans, please do not be uh, outside the uh, Triple H studios on Friday night with your pitchforks. Um, we, we, those, uh, are, those are opinions are of Shane Evans and Shane Evans alone. Um, next off, we'll move over, um, to Eastwood. They were grand finalists in 2020, um, losing to Gordon in that big one at, uh, Leichhardt Oval at the end of October last year. Uh, they have a few ins and outs here, Shane. It'll um, be interesting to see whether they can keep up that form and uh, and get uh, back to being in that grand final, even um, going for the premiership in 2021.
0: Yeah, well, having former Warringah coach Ben Batcher over there, he's in his fourth season now at the Woodies, playing at a TJ Milner for the last season this year. They're in the process of doing the groundwork for their new the new 5,000-seat stadium out of Castle Hill, where East will be based, hopefully, for the 2022, but more likely 2023 season. But, yeah, I know, speaking to Ben, he wasn't, wasn't really happy with the way that they performed on Grand Final Day. They know they should have done a few key things better to win the title, but still, after everything that happened with COVID last year, in thinking that we wouldn't even get a Shoot Shield competition going uh, at the end of May I think he's quite happy to say he's the second best side in the competition going to the players coming in there's not a lot of of players that we would know from a Sydney base obviously coming across from New Zealand you've got Lewis Panini coming across from Gordon and from their second and third grades you've got Josh Nesessian and Adrian Brown coming up Coming down from Queensland, you've got Rianne Stowers, but most of their outs. I can understand why people will think that they're not going to do so well, because all of these players have been recruited into Super Rugby contracts. Into all these players that have, no matter what club you go to, congratulations. That's what you what you do when you play Shoot Shield is to try and progress further into the into your Super Rugby A U or into the Wallabies setup, starting with the Waratahs players. You got Mark Naiokawanatasi and also Tane Edman, their their fly half from last year, going down to the Melbourne Rebels. You had Ed Craig, their hooker, and Lockie Anderson, their seven, going across to Western Force. You had Tim Anstey, their their number five, real good players and. Thoroughly give them all the kudos for being able to get contracts to make that next step. And they're all playing really well for their respective clubs. The only one that's not a contract moving up the squads is Jed Gillespie. He announced during the final series that he was going to retire and has followed through with that. So he is happily retired and is becoming a forwards coach at the at the Buddies there under Ben Batcher. And I think he will make those make those forwards play even better with imparting all his knowledge that he has where do I see Eastwood? Mm, this is interesting yes they will make finals I know I'm easy I can hear your <laughs> I, can, I can hear your heads thinking well okay you've got four of the four of the six sides already in finals where are you putting them I'm gonna go one step further than where they went last year I think that they're going to finish top of the tree in the regular season, and I think they're going to win the whole thing. Wow. I know, because you've got to remember, most of the, obviously with the Super Rugby, they finish in about four or five weeks if you're not in the top two sides from the Australian setup, where then obviously you're doing the crossover. Where at the moment the Waratahs and the Rebels are third and fifth, Western Force are in fourth, so those players will then be able to pop back down into Eastwood, probably about round five or round six of the shoot shield. So they'll get those players back with the experience. And I think that's going to be making this side even better. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them the, whether it's the kiss or death, but I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to finish minor premiers and premiers all in the one day. Wow.
1: Well, if it is the kith of death in September, Eastwood fans, please do not turn up to the white like, Robber studios in, with your uh pitchforce looking for Shane Evans. But uh as I said, if they were to um they were to win the comp sort of this year or or next year it'd be a fitting way to um to retire T J Milner and mm. um, then look at their new uh digs out at uh out at Castle Be interesting to see if uh they'll be sharing tenancy on that with anybody else because said, a stadium like that uh, whether you're a rugby league team or a or a soccer team or something like that I would not be surprised if uh they would like uh, some of that action as well but it is good to see for for rugby as a whole I feel I think that northwest sydney we we see it with cricket a bit we see it with other sports as well because it's sort of that new emerging area that they sort of don't have those clubs up there they they have to look to the Parramattas or to the north side or something to 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 really find a, a team with an identity but if the Woodies move out there and, and really become about Northwest Sydney, I think that they can find themselves a real big base there so that'll be really interesting to see uh how they can build on that in the seasons to come. We do look mm-hmm. forward to it hopefully we'll be uh at least invited out to have a look at the new stadium at some point um but then if uh the the, all the teams that will make the finals. We'll go to another one, um, City Uni. Um, they were finalists. They, they lost out in week one in 2022. Uh, Northern Suburbs, they're coached by Rob Taylor, Shane. Take us through the in and outs and tell them why they'll be like your eighth team that will make the finals in 2021.
0: Well, first of all, Rob Taylor's made the... He, he, originally had left the left the uni left the uni club to go across to England to coach in the Heineken Cup or the European Championships over there. But obviously with COVID things have fallen through and he's followed is it followed up on his agreement verbal agreement to come back and coach the club. Do they make the finals, first of all, before I do the ins and outs? I don't think they do. Oh. I just I'm I'm starting I just think that the the un the any but anyone but uni hashtag, which I know lots of people Use, unless you actually are a uni fan Might actually come back to bite them Where they use it as a motivating tool To try and get through But I think they're losing a few of their players And a few of their stronger players Which will go through There isn't too many players coming in There's only actually one And that's coming in from West in the Hospital Cup Up in Queensland is Will Dearden. The first player I name, I think is the main reason why I think they're going to struggle. Obviously going across to UK, James Kane has been one of their leading lights for, for as long as I know, at least five, six years in that, in that uni first 15. Really leads that team around with brains and brawn and is always there to stamp his authority on that on that side, but also losing Oliver Atkins across to the UK as well. Tom Robertson's gone across to Western Force and will stay there after the season, after the Super Rugby season's finished and will play in the local West Australian competition over there. And the only other player of mate that has left is having a sabbatical this year, and that's Will McDonald, where he's just going to do some work and probably do a couple of years travelling from what I'm hearing inside the club but
1: traveling where? Where is he gonna broom? Like, uh, who knows? Can't go well, too far at the moment. Well Well
0: you, who knows? Look, like he may just want to he may just want to go out and just travel and what what do they call it for stu- for students when you go from high school to uni? Is it a gap uh, the gap year? Just doing something like that. Just basically going out and enjoying the world for a year. Not having any pressures on Training and having to be at games for certain times, just enjoying a year and then working out if he's really if he really enjoyed his time or not, and if he does then he'll obviously want to come back, but if he doesn't, then who knows he may he may choose to step away from rugby union and altogether, but Sydney uni as I said before, sydney uni finishing in the eight i don't I'm looking at them somewhere around. Ten or eleven. I just think I just think that the the reign of the the students and making finals and grand finals and all that. I think that times starting that premiership window as we call rugby league is is coming to a close, and I just can't see how they can do it. They're all their lower graders, all their lower grade teams, and Colts really struggled to finish top four and make finals during the season. Okay, fair enough. Fourth grade made the final against Gordon, but were un- were soundly beaten in that game out at-, out at Bank West a couple of seasons ago. So, yeah, I just, sorry, I uni guys, if you want to come and blow me up, feel free, but they, I just can't see you making that straight to the finals. Uh,
1: the line-up outside Walla Robber is getting bigger and bigger as we speak, but... uh they're the, they're the teams we have the in and outs and um, and information uh, before we w- recorded this episode of Splinders. There's still four more teams that, that we're unable to get um, any changes out of, but we'll still go through them. We'll try and give a tip um, even without those um, details for you for this year. First up is Randwick. They finished sixth. They uh, were able to just scrape into that top six uh, last year, Shane. They're another side where finals is sort of the the DNA and that's the directive of where they should be finishing and uh, one of the bigger clubs of this uh, Chartered horseshoe Shield. Be interested to get your thoughts on uh, whether you think they'll be one of your nine teams in the uh, top six for this year.
0: I've got to agree with you for Ranwick winning and making finals it is in their DNA. They just don't know how to not make finals. All their all their grades all made some sort, some level of finals, whether it was week one, week two, even all the way down through the Colts. All their sides made finals and all of that. Will they make finals? Yes. Where? I don't know. But you just know that they're going to make finals unless something dramatically bad happens to the club, which we can't see in the future. We're just... We're guessing here and, but Ramwick being in Ramwick as well as yourself and I know Newsy, they will do their, their best to try and make finals in all grades, but I think they will. Where? I don't know. But they will, I think they will make finals.
1: Well, this is certainly one team which I don't think we will, uh, I think we'll agree on both won't be making, uh, the finals this year. This is Penrith. It was great to see them come back, um, in last year's competition. Um, they obviously had, uh, been out for the last uh, couple of seasons before that. But uh, in the end, they did finish 13th and last. It is hard to see them finishing. Uh, even 12th, I think, will be a, a massive improvement for them, even if they can finish above one side in uh, 2021.
0: No, I have to agree with you there. Having a couple of seasons out, obviously, due to play numbers and being removed by, the, by Rugby New South Wales and the Sydney Rugby Union at the end of 2018, being offered the opportunity to come back in, finished 13th. OK, yeah, they had they had a win in the season, but this year, I just agree with you. I just can't see how they can get any better than 13th. OK, yeah, John Muggleton's still the head coach out there, but when you're losing players so like Dean Blore and John Tuavardi across to Warringah, two of their better players, Dean Blore especially being their leading point scorer for Penrith during the season with 92, I just... Don't know where the points are going to come from. They don't have too many recognised goal kickers in their side as well. So if they do score tries, there's no one that I could think of off the top of my head that would be able to guarantee at least a 75-80% conversion rate when it comes to tries scored and goals converted. They'll win a game or two, but yeah, they'll, they'll finish last in 13th. Sorry. Sorry to all the EMU fans, but it's one of those rebuilding years and you're a project that's going to be a couple of years and they're working before you start seeing real progress into that. just missing finals or making finals probably around 2023 20,
1: Well, next up, we've got West Harbour, um, still without their home base at Concord, meaning they get to play out of the lovely Dremoyne Oval. Um, they finished 10th last year. Um, again, another team you think, Chain would be uh, hard-pressed to make those finals. So,
0: Yeah, I have to agree, but... How how awesome is it to be able to use Dromoyne Oval as a rugby union field?
1: Oh know, yeah, so, we got know, to call a game there. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> I know yourself and Kiwi and Georgia had the opportunity to call a game out there and a real good game because if I remember correctly, that was the game where West Harbour come from behind to beat Manly.
1: That or was it. A, yeah, that was
0: yeah. it. But yeah, so I said we've called cricket games out there before and it's a real good ground to have have all your fans there because it's in the bottom of the bowl where everyone else can sit around and above you and they can get really on top of the players if they're doing well and put pressure on the other side. Will they finish above tenth? I don't think so. I think they'll probably finish tenth again. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they do get a, who they have recruited this year, obviously not being able to get that information prior to us recording this podcast. Was a bit of a shame, but I understand a couple of the clubs weren't Choosing to hand over information or make it make it public knowledge. So, but yeah, I think they'll finish 10th, but they'll, they'll scare a few sides this year with some good wins and they'll start turning that Jermoyne Oval into a, into a fortress until they can get back to Concord Oval. I believe it's for the end of 2023, maybe 2024 season. And if that's the case, then look out when they get really, really good and they can start getting back to their, their spiritual home
1: and last but certainly not least the Western Sydney Two Blues they're also they're on the move as said they're they're out of Lidcombe Oval and uh, thank god we commentated there a couple of times last year and um if i never have to sit in that grandstand again it'll be too soon but they're back to their new home at Granville Park well their new old home um, lots of money being poured into that for new state-of-the-art facilities. Um, hopefully, again, we'll, we'll have a chance to go and have a look at some of those new facilities. But uh, I think even new facilities in All Shane, um, they finished twelfth last year. It's hard to hard to fathom that they'll uh, improve much on that in twenty
0: twenty-one. No, I think that I think they'll still finish around the same around that same level. But obviously, they'll be inspired for the first five or six weeks. To be able to try, like, to get some wins up, knowing that they should be able to be back in to Granville Park at Maryland's. I think they're looking about round six, maybe around seven this year, and they'll obviously want to be going in there with a bit of momentum into a totally brand new playing facility. The old grand, the old little clubhouse and grandstand that was there, it's gone. It's been demolished. Everything was raised to the ground and then rebuilt. I've seen the plans for it. It looks awesome. For if you're talking like for I believe to say years of experience, how you have the Blacktown workers had their setup out at Labour. It's a similar type of setup, but it goes the whole length of the field on the side that the players will run out on, where Blacktown's only about one third of the length of that field. And you know how good that is. This is going to be even better. All the teams, there'll be six change rooms, hydrotherapy, medical rooms, state of the art, everything. I'm, I'm really looking forward to going out there when Warringah play, play out there later this year to be able to see it for myself because I'm, I'm jealous. Like I love Rat Park, (laughs) but when the when the state and federal governments are, Throwing in 50 mil to get this for Western Sydney and to see what it looks like from the artist's impressions to what it turned out to be in reality. Man, it will look awesome and I think it will turn into one of those places where you don't want to be going there if you're, if you're having a bad, a bad streak of losses coming up to them because West Harbour, sorry, Western Sydney, to strive at home when they know that you're under the pump, they grow that extra leg. Or extra head, depending on what 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 size. Shane, you've already got right. half
1: the teams with pitchforks in front of the studio, mate. Don't need to don't need to uh, get another another set of fans offside.
0: Yeah, true. Well, they're, well, they're not from Queensland, so.
1: Oh, I think here we might. go. I think but, I think, yeah, I think give us a tip, and I think it's time to go home, Shane. <laughs>
0: um, eleven till twelve, but I reckon they'll get better once they get back into once they get back to Grand ball level in their new digs. So yeah.
1: It'd yeah, I think, I think, um, I think they'll be looking forward and they'll have a big homecoming, um, when they do hit Granville Park, uh, again. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later, but, uh, yeah, that is the end of our, uh, Charter Hall shoot shield preview here on Splinters the Bench podcast. Um, if you wanted a preview of Round 1, yes, we can give that to you. Make sure you tune in live on uh Friday nights to the bench, 6pm. We'll be talking all things rugby. We'll have a preview for Shoot Shield every week. Um, we'll also be talking c- the um, Central Coast Rugby Union, and we'll be talking... Um, the, uh, the Super Rugby Wallet is still competing, so if you need that weekly rugby fix, make sure you stay tuned to the bench Friday nights on Triple H 100.1 FM. But that is the end of our, uh, Splinters podcast. Us this week. Shane, I know it is, it is a rare occasion that we hit, get you here on Splinters, but if there was one, this was the one. It was great to have you here uh, this week.
0: Likewise, mate. It's good having you tagging alongside me, having the, the rugby experience through your dad's team at Brothers Rugby and the Subbies. So, yeah. Had fun. Played and well, but, yeah. Let's just let's get, let's get into the season. kick on Saturday afternoon at five past three. Mate, can't wait. Bring it on.
1: It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a fantastic season of rugby. Make sure you stay tuned to Triple H um, throughout the season for those updates, as we mentioned before. For the Hat Rack Shane Evans. I am the wise man, Matt Mears. Keep listening to Splinters here, at Triple H one hundred point one FM, um, and all your good and bad podcast sites. We'll see you again next week.